0: Well, welcome, Margaret, to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Y'all, I had to stop her because she was praising pause. and I'm like, my audience needs to hear this. So, Margaret, please share your experience in getting uh, pause.
1: Yeah, no, I get a lot of books. I read a lot of books in the health space and in the nutrition space. And as I was telling Dr. Anna, it just, so many books try to say that this is the one way to do things. Like, if you eat this way, you're going to get this result, or if you eat that way, or if you do this thing, and the reality is the body is so much more complicated than that and every body is unique and there's different things that we're dealing with it yes different stages in our life but even in, within different stages of life there's so many different factors and it's complex and so being able to write a book that helps people navigate and sort of choose your own adventure based on what your real Lived experiences as opposed to just this sort of one universal generic protocol that should work for theoretically most people. But I always say to my clients, but you're not most people, you're you. So we need to like get in there and and craft something specific to you. And you've done such a great job of giving people the tools. And I love the idea of pausing us saying, you know, we all get into ruts with our diet right? Even um, I'm a, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time. I get into rust rush just like anybody else. And it's so refreshing to just be like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from so much protein yes. for a little while and give my body a rest, or I'm going to take a break from, you know, more carbs. I'm going to take a break from even higher fats. Like there's a time and a place for everything. I feel like my clients, I drive them crazy because they want to know like the way you know and i always say well so true it depends <laughs> and so you have done just a brilliant job of helping people understand the it dependsness
0: of health and food well i will always say that god has made me humble right god has made me humble i've had to learn this for myself and put the pieces yeah. together and the pauses the variety the changing things up yes. the feasting yes. you know and and when is yes. that All of these pieces are part of like the dynamics of our seasonal changes that happen on monthly basis for some of us, you know, and then just seasonally. And it's really, I think, also recognizing that we are working with trillions of bacteria, right? Yes. Trillions of individual bacteria. Just think of a college campus. That is... (laughs) That is within us too. And there's always like a hierarchy that needs to be addressed. And I think that's still being teased out, Margaret, right? Yes. That oh, is still we, being teased out.
1: There's so much that we don't know. There's yeah. so much that we don't know about the microbiome. It's in so many ways still yes. the Wild West. But what we yes. do know, if we just even look, I mean, I look outside at my garden, I look at nature, diversity rules, right? Diversity, diversity rules. It's... <laughs> From your stock portfolio to your garden, to your gut, diversity rules. And this idea that one paradigm, one way of eating can support
0: diversity, it's
1: just not possible.
0: Exactly. And not the same thing all the time. You guys, and this is coming from an expert here, Margaret Floyd Berry. <laughs> I already spoke up your certification program too. And oh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your journey and also what you're doing mm-hmm. now To And of course, the reason I told my audience, reason I love Margaret Floyd Berry, when she comes up with a name like Eat Naked Kitchen, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay. So- yeah. Okay. And it is so true. We're going to touch on to the Hashimoto's versus Graves mm-hmm. versus hypothyroid, hypothyroid, really understanding, teasing that out and the strategies you found to work best.
1: You bet. Well, I'll start kind of with, with the way back in terms of my, my journey with food, because I've always loved food. I've loved to eat. I can remember being a little girl at, you know, at my cottage when all the other kids were out water skiing, I was sitting at my great aunt Mark's kitchen table, writing down recipes. <laughs> so I have been geeking out about this stuff forever. And there was this really powerful moment when I was in my mid twenties, when I learned the relationship. I got to pause you
0: right there. Cause I yeah. think about this being a mom. of of teenagers (laughs) and having some girls come over, you know, always having a house full. And I just recall one, a beautiful girl who would just sit with me at the kitchen and talk and chit chat and so curious about what I was doing. I'm going to have to follow up with her, but you know, it's that like you innately like, huh, this one's you know, off doing her own thing. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. And feeling that in your heart. I I grew up with a kitchen was the heart of the home for sure. My mom's food was love language Mm -hmm. and she was a baker and she was an amazing cook. And she was just incredible. And for me, like food, like I love it. I love the science behind it. I love the healing power of it. And I want to impress my audience with that too.
1: You bet. No, it's just food. There's so many layers to it. You know, it's how we nourish each other. It's how we love each other up. It's how we fuel our bodies. You know, I always say we are literally walking food, right? That's one of the things that I think is the most fascinating thing about the human body is like literally every cell in your body was once food. And so it's, it's profound. Anyhow, so I've always loved food and eating, but in terms of understanding its role in health, I didn't really come to that until I was in my mid twenties, which is I had been struggling with a really bad case of eczema since my early teens. And I just, I mean, I had it bad head to toe and, you know, I feel like there's the people who have had eczema and the people who haven't had eczema, right? And if you've had it, you know, it's just this itch, this itch, this like make you crawl out of your skin itch. And it just like,
0: oh. I saw a commercial. There's a pill for that. I'm kidding. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a pill for that now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, back in the day, the, the list of complications
1: is oh, right? like a mile oh long. So, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, when I was dealing with it, the only, the only solution was like cortisone cream, basically. And it kind of worked, mostly didn't, but kind of worked. It would like, I could get through the day. Yeah, you know but- what I mean? It would allow me to like not just, exclusively focus on
0: this incessant itch. itch. Um, and never getting to the root of the problem and always causing a flare and more problems. Yeah, totally. Yep, yep. And I had been dealing with this, you
1: know, I mean, teens, I had it on my face. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't sort of like subtle parts of my body. And I remember that I had it it developed onto my eyelids and I went to the doctor and I remember there was all these like eye drops they were giving, because I was having then problems with my eyes because the skin was flaking. I mean, it's kind of gross. The skin was flaking into my eyes. So then I was having eye issues. And so that was like, here's more cortisone cream and here's these drops and here's, and I was like, this this isn't working. (laughs) Like this is, and for whatever reason, there's some little voice inside of me that was like, Cortisone cream on my eyelids. That just feels wrong. And a friend of mine at the time did a lot of things in, in sort of more of the natural space. I, did, I knew nothing about any of this. And she was like, you know, why don't you go to this? And I think it was a naturopath. This is back when I lived in Vancouver in Canada back in the day. And she's like, I think, I think there's other things going on. And so I went to this woman and I joked going in, oh, she's going to take out all my favorite food groups coffee and chocolate and wine and pasta. (laughs) And oh, if it had only stopped there. Oh, Um, right.
0: Exactly. It's like, oh. oh, dear.
1: So she did all these tests. And put me in all these supplements and changed my diet dramatically. And I still remember coming home and crying because either I didn't hear it, which is likely, or she didn't say like, this is temporary because I got this really weird list of foods I could eat and couldn't eat. And I thought this was the rest of my life. And I just cried and it's like, oh my gosh, I either itch to death or I eat this really weird way and I love food. Anyways, I followed her advice. I took all the supplements and I didn't have a clue what any of it was doing. I changed my diet profoundly. And within three weeks, every spot of that eczema was gone and it has never come back. And I'm not in my mid twenties anymore. And I remember being like, wait, what? I kind of did it just to humor my friend. Like I didn't actually believe it would work. It was just like, ah, why not? Tried everything else. And it was quite a profound moment for me because I was like, my skin, like what is what I eat have to do with my skin? Like, I could kind of get it if I had a stomach ache, like that, I could make the connection. But, like, my skin, like, yeah. Whoa. And so that was the first moment where I was like, oh. It took me a while. It still took me about another 10 years to actually make the decision to transition over and make this my career. But that was the first moment. And I've never forgotten that. And when oh, people wow. do, I still get clients that so sometimes come to me with eczema. I'm like, hey, 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 just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be So much fun.
0: <laughs> well, has it been the way of eating for the rest of your life? Were you ever able to reintroduce those and what happens when you do? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because yes. Yeah, so what I think of is kind
1: of the heavy lifting part, like the time when the diet was really weird, was about three months. And then we started reintroducing things. And I mean, honestly, I went back to eating pretty much normally and I was not eating super clean. So whatever healing work we did was actually really effective. And I was eating at the time um, and I had a lot of other things going on. I should mention like, you know, it wasn't like the eczema was the only issue. I did have some digestive things. I had really, really bad migraines. That was actually a huge issue for me hormonally, I mean, I would be crippled the first couple of days of my period with just brutal cramps. I'd sometimes faint from them. So it wasn't like I was the picture of health, but the eczema had resolved. But I went back to eating, you know, bread, like it was going out of style. I was vegetarian, and I thought that was really good, but really I wasn't even vegetarian because I didn't even eat that many vegetables. I (laughs) I was basically a carbivore, right? I just (laughs) ate like various forms of like, bagel pasta, you know, yeah, and, looking. and I loved my coffee all day. And then I switched to wine at night. Like I kind of look back at myself, you know, my mid twenties and then the first, you know, couple years in my thirties. And I'm like, how, like, how did I, how did I think that was good? <laughs> you know, and I didn't actually even realize that I wasn't a healthy person because I didn't ever have a weight issue. I kind of looked healthy and the skin stuff was gone and being, you know, being vain. I was like, well, that's fine. If I have to lie down after a meal because of crippling gut pain, that's normal. Or if I get a migraine every week or it all was very normal because other people were dealing with similar things. Right. And it wasn't until, I mean, I still love food, and I love to, you know, I remember when I moved to the States and I started growing my own food, so I'm growing a garden and I loved it. And it was actually, I was dating at the time. His sister had thyroid issues actually, and she had weight issues and things. And she looked at me, <laughs> it's funny now thinking about how unhealthy I actually was, but because I looked good, she looked at me and said, you're the healthiest and fittest person I know. And you love food, like tell me what to do. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a thing. But other than like eat more vegetables, I literally didn't know what to do. Because I knew enough that I was like thyroid, I don't even know what the thyroid is. And like, you know, she started sort of mentioning these other things. And that was the moment where I decided, you know what, I think this is actually like a career, like people know how to tell people how to eat and get the same kind of thing that happened to me with the eczema. And so that's when I went to school and studied everything. I still remember that first weekend in class when we filled out our own like little symptom burden questionnaire and mine was horrible and wow. I couldn't understand it. And I took it to my instructor and she was like, oh yeah. And she actually looked at me, she was vegetarian, right? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I was just protein
1: st- And I don't, you know, protein starved. Like, protein I was protein starved. starved. The
0: hardest thing protein right, starved. to get protein in as a vegetarian. Yeah. So true. So, so- Wow. What a great story. So you are, you look like the picture of health right now. Are you dealing with anything else? You know what?
1: At this point, so now I've been practicing for what, 14, 15 years. I dramatically overhauled. I've done all the work that I do with my clients. I have done on myself in spades. And I do have, so, you know, you mentioned the Hashimoto's So I do have, and this is kind of going along parallel to this. So alongside my own health issues, and probably part of the reason why I never thought my stuff was a big deal is because my mom was incredibly ill. She had multiple very severe autoimmune diseases. She had a very severe form of lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. She also had pulmonary fibrosis and breast cancer. I mean, she was a mess. There's so many issues. And so it was this horrific process of one step forward, five steps back, two steps forward, six steps back, you know, just this, she was just this slow deterioration. She was miserable. She was, you know, surgery to, I mean, the list of medications. Heartbreaking. Was just, heartbreaking. Oh, it was devastating. And so once I became a nutrition professional, the type of people I really wanted to help. It was like my mom, right? And the people who really, particularly autoimmune disease, because as I dug in, I realized that there's so much that we can do from a functional perspective to support and turn around autoimmune processes. You know, my, I ultimately lost my mom to complications from the very medications that were keeping her alive. She was yeah. on very, well, she was on all sorts of things, but very, very high dose prednisone for over 20 years.
0: That's such a similar story to mine, Margaret. It just like yeah. my mama was amazing amazing woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, she suffered for many years. And that's why like, diabetes, hormone issues, inflammation, heart disease, I mean, those are the things that like diabetes and heart disease were the manifestations mm-hmm. of the underlying issues, right? And that's yeah. what I love. I love talking to you. I love your work, getting to these underlying issues, like correcting yeah. it and healing from it. So like nothing breaks my heart more too, when I see people that can only eat three leaves of lettuce or day or whatever it is, I know. you know, and it, it's like, oh no, we can heal from that. We can yes. heal from that. Can't we? I mean, we really can. And so it's sometimes it's excavating and rebuilding one block mm-hmm. at a time. And where that is really profound is when you're, dealing with autoimmune diseases? A hundred percent, a
1: hundred percent. There is, I mean, the way I think about autoimmune disease, you know, so we have our immune systems, this beautiful, innate mechanism to take care of us, right? And, you know, the immune system has these two powerful roles, you know, protect us from invaders basically and housekeeping, right? So it's doing these vitally important functions and As part of that, this mechanism of being able to differentiate between self and other, and then between friend and foe. And the way I think of autoimmune disease is, well, if that mechanism is going awry, and now the body is confusing enemy other, and the very self it's supposed to be protecting, and now it's mounting an attack on self, the self that it's supposed to be taking such great care of what's the reason for that it's not let's jump in i mean and maybe we need to jump in and support function of whatever tissue or system the immune system is attacking i'm not saying that's not a piece of the puzzle but that's not getting to the root of why is the immune system essentially making bad decisions and this is an oversimplification but ultimately i mean think about any of us when you're overworked and you know burning the candle at both ends and all the life demands and all the things happening that goes on Without any rest from that for years, we start to make bad decisions. Like I'll name it when I'm in that state, I make bad decisions, and it's the same thing ultimately with the immune system. And there's multiple mechanisms for how this happens. You know, physiologically, molecular mimicry, bystander affected things we can unpack. But ultimately, that immune system is being engaged; it's never being given a break. And so the question is. Why is it so tired? What is fatiguing it? Let's identify those things pull them out, like remove, like you can't, you know, I have clients who have huge stressors in their lives and they're like, I need more supplements for my adrenals. I'm like, we cannot supplement away these massive life stressors, Right. right? Like you have to think about things in that bigger context. And it's the same thing with the immune system. We have to identify what's triggering it and engaging it so much, remove those things and then support it to recover. And it will start making really good decisions. Again, it really can do that. And, you know, it's a process to peel away those layers and figure out what is engaging it. And there's lots of things in this modern world, you know, but diet, huge digestion, huge. And I see it again and again and again in my practice of people who are just in that kind of managing mode, right? Like trying to manage their autoimmune disease. And managing is never going to get you there.
0: Right. Right. I hear that. And so you say managing is never going to get you there. So what is going to get you there? Identifying the
1: triggers, identifying what is constantly engaging that immune system and removing those things systematically. And I'll tell you where you always want to start is with the gut. Yeah. And that's because the vast majority of the immune system lives in and around the gut. So even if you're that rare person with no digestive symptoms. That doesn't mean that your digestion is functioning perfectly. We talked at the beginning about, you know, that microbiome, you know, is there ample diversity? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of gut testing. Mm-hmm. I've never seen ample diversity on mm-hmm. a gut test Some when expect. we start out. Mm-hmm. Never. It's just there's so many things compromising it that, unless you're really intentional about going in and healing and feeding those diverse populations, it's not something that just sort of happens. You know, you need to be intentional with it. And so many people, I mean, you think about all the different things that can impact our digestive process and all the ways that things can go awry from like functional issues of something as simple as not producing enough hydrochloric acid, which is simple. And yet profoundly impactful in terms of you know what that's going to do for your entire
0: digestive process, right? Or yes, I always talk about you know stop drinking with your meals, let your digestive yes. enzymes work. And I did a Instagram reel recently on just pouring a cup of water on my meal. I'm like, that's what we're doing. And until you see that, then it's like a huge aha moment. Of course I am. Of course I am. So Margaret, I love it. So things that are triggers, diet digestion, endocrine disruptors, Mm -hmm. stress, lack of sleep,
1: toxins, low-lying infections that you might not realize are just sort of this sort of low drip. Oftentimes the things aren't, you know, we think of big acute stressors and certainly those play a role, but they're not sometimes the most challenging because they're obvious it's those like little chronic drips, you know, kind of like water torture, right? (laughs) It's just that little slow, steady drip that you're not even aware of that is causing this like sort of slow brew of inflammation. And inflammation is engagement of your immune system. So like, it's just causing this like slow brew of inflammation that, you know, you might not even be aware of. And many people are not aware of these pieces. Like they're aware of the the big symptom that, you know, like the eczema. I was aware of the eczema because I was so itchy, but that's just a big manifestation. And my body's sort of screaming at me like, would you pay attention? You know, like by the time it gets to these big overt symptoms, the underlying factors have likely been going on for quite a while. And there can be, you know, there's layers to peel back. There's layers to peel back. And so I think if we think about it, I mean, definitely you want to think about it in terms of the diet, because if you're eating, which you likely are if you're alive, um, at least <laughs> yes, at least once true. a day or at some points, you do eat. So that, you know, the food that you eat is, of course, you know, I said at the outset, we are walking food. And so we have, there's quality issues there. And then there's your body's ability to actually digest it. So there's that digestive function issue that then there's all sorts of other things that can be going awry in that digestive process. I mean, I think the digestive process is one of the most profound sort of moments in our physiology, because if you think about it, you know, our digestion is basically one big, long tube, right? It's still the outside of the body in many ways. I, you know, I sort of describe ourselves as one very complicated donut and the donut hole is is our digestive That's a great way to think of it. Yeah. It's an ecosystem. (laughs) Things go in, other things Mm -hmm. come out and there's a moment, you know, primarily in the small intestines where those nutrients that are harvested from our food get absorbed directly into the bloodstream, and become us. And that's a really profound moment. So that really, we have to think about you know, everything, our mouth, our throat, our esophagus, the stomach, the small intestines, large intestines, that's still the outside of the body. And so in that moment when those nutrients get absorbed, I mean, the lining of the small intestine is one cell thick. I still am blown away when I think about that. It's like one cell between me and the outside world, <laughs> you know, and we, we, there's these tight junctions. So these little cells lined up side by side and very selectively, we like, open up you know, a junction and let something in and close it back up again. It's like you know, it's sort of the tightest border guard. But if something is compromising that, which a lot of foods do, what can happen is that we get the leaky gut. Those junctions, those tight junctions are compromised. And now not just the key nutrients that we want to get into our bloodstream get in, but now all manner of things, undigested foods that aren't ready and recognizable by your body, toxins, pathogens, all sorts of things. And now your immune system is like, getting ready to, you know, mount warfare just because you had lunch, right? So you want to be thinking about what you're eating and also that the digestion is just, it's absolutely essential to healing. If you haven't dealt with digestive healing on any kind of autoimmune, regardless of whether you have digestive symptoms, you're not going to get there.
0: I completely agree. And I think that's a crucial first place to start for hormone balance. Let's tie it into Hashimoto's versus gray versus hypo hyper. Right. Okay.
1: So with thyroid, and you know, thyroid regulates metabolism as well as many other other things, but that's sort of what it's primarily known for. So a hypothyroid means an underfunctioning thyroid. That means that you don't have enough thyroid hormone to do the things it needs to do. Hyperthyroid means it's a upregulated, so too much hormones, which actually can be very dangerous. More, much more, you know, hypothyroid is really uncomfortable and lots and lots of symptoms, but hyperthyroid can get life threatening quickly because it can increase, you know, heart rate and blood pressure and things to dangerous levels. Now,
0: hypothyroid is vastly more common than hyperthyroid. I would say that's about 90% of it. Over 90% of diseases, oh, hypothyroid. Yeah. And hypothyroid. Hypothyroid. I think
1: I've had maybe three people in my practice with hyperthyroid. It's yeah. very rare. Very rare. Yeah. It, you know, at least in my practice. Now, when we talk about Hashimoto's versus Graves, what we're talking about there is, is there an autoimmune component? And by an autoimmune component, what I mean is is the reason... So let's take about Hashimoto's as the example. So Hashimoto's thyroiditis, what's happening is that, yes, there is a low output of thyroid hormones. So it's a hypothyroid situation. But the reason for that is because the immune system is attacking the thyroid. So it's not actually a thyroid disease. I mean, the target is the thyroid. The cause of the problem is not the thyroid. The cause of the problem is the dysregulated immune system, which means that what we need to do to solve that problem is not just about providing thyroid hormones. That's the way it's medically managed. It's like, okay, let's give you, the hormones and replace the hormones that your thyroid is no longer able to produce, which as I said, I'm not saying that's not a piece of the puzzle. For many people, it can be really helpful and it is important, but you're not actually solving anything. That medication isn't healing, it's managing. And to heal, it's about the, exactly the process we've just talked about. It's about supporting the immune system, identifying what's triggering that immune system identifying those things, removing them and supporting the immune system to come back into balance so that it doesn't attack the thyroid, which means that the thyroid can do what it needs to do. Now, Graves is a hyperthyroid and it's a different set of, there's some common antibodies. There can be some different antibodies there as well, but same kind of situation where it's not that the thyroid itself is the cause of the hyperthyroidism, it's that the immune system is the cause. And so it's just, you know, from a conventional medical perspective, then they don't really treat it differently. They don't consider those as different things. It's like, well, the thyroid, you need more thyroid hormone or you need less thyroid hormone. So we're going to get in there and do what we need to do medically to add more hormone or to calm down your thyroid but it's not telling, it's not helping. It's not actually, and the thing with autoimmune disease is one begets another often. Yeah. And Hashimoto's is often a bit of a gateway. It tends to be the first diagnosis for a lot of people. And if you haven't gone to this you know, next step of understanding that it's an immune process and supporting the immune system, it can often turn into a second and a third autoimmune diagnosis, because once that immune system is, I mean, think about it in your local life, go back to the overtired. Lupo,
0: lupus, yep. rheumatoid arthritis, right is, now, And a oh, lot of
1: those are a lot more severe. And it's kind of like, you know, if we're tired in our life and we start making bad decisions in one area, <laughs> if we don't get rest, if we don't remove the stressors, if we don't make some changes to our life, we're going to start making decisions In other areas, right? We're going to start making those, it's going to not just be at work. Maybe now it starts to trickle out at home, you know, it's the same thing with the body and the immune system. So really coming to that root of things is just, it's so vitally important. And, you know, just to bring this back personally, as I shared about my mom, you know, I I saw profoundly what doesn't work, you know, I mean, she was medically managed and I'm sure it extended her life and maybe it improved the quality of her life. I'm honestly not sure who knows. She wasn't willing to go the functional route at all. We talked a little bit about things. I couldn't even get her to, <laughs> to let go of gluten, which we can talk about gluten because that's one of the biggest culprits here from a dietary perspective. But I ended up getting my own autoimmune diagnosis when I was pregnant with my second daughter. Wow. And that was a moment for me because I already specialized in this.
0: Mm-hmm. And I say, God will make us humble. That's why I do what I do for sure. Right. right?
1: Just, you know, and Yeah, it was quite a moment because I specialized already in Hashimoto's. worked with a lot of women trying to conceive because with a hypothyroid that can actually make conception and maintaining a healthy pregnancy, very challenging. So this was my land and here I was pregnant and getting the diagnosis during a pregnancy, which is unusual because the immune autoimmune often goes into remission during pregnancy. So I thought, Oh Lordy, what's going on here? But as you said, I mean, one of the most important and powerful moments in my personal experience, because I just dug in and used all of these tools that I'm talking about here. I used all of this with myself and was able to bring it into remission and keep it there. And that little girl is turning six in a couple of weeks and have stayed completely in remission and never had to go on any kind of medication, any thyroid support, any, or I've had some supplements, but no medication for it the entire time. So, and with my mom's history, you know, recognizing, oh, wow, this really, honestly, I think she probably had Hashimoto's as well, but there's so many other things going on. I just think about her from a symptom perspective and she had all of the classic symptoms of, of Hashis, but it just, I think sort of lowest priority given everything else was going on for her. So
0: yeah, no interest in traveling that path. I didn't know it at the time when, you know, my mom was suffering and Ah. I wish I knew then what I know now. And that's why I'm so passionate about writing and communicating this information. It starts with like, there's food as medicine, healing the gut, the digestion, addressing the trillions of bacteria within us. And You know, it goes back to that Dr. Seuss book, Horton Hears a Who. (laughs) You just don't know what you can't see until you, like at Emory in my medical training, there was a saying at Emory that is, the eyes don't see what the mind don't know. And once your mind knows it, you can't help but see it everywhere. You can't unknow it, and that's really important. That's what I love about our audience here. They're so engaged, they're so committed, they're so interested. And I know we have many health practitioners. I think we need to do a part two, Margaret. So we're going to have to do a part two and keep going in this discussion and really talk about some additional strategies. And again, changing things up, creating food as variety of as medicine. And I know there are practitioners here that want to get like you, like, oh, I need this for myself and I need to communicate this to others. So tell us how people can follow you, find you, work with you. My audience, I promise we will do a part two. Awesome.
1: Well, okay. So for the practitioners out there, these tools are profound and game changing, learning how to really effectively sort of look under the hood to be able to identify what your clients, like what is fatiguing your client's immune system. And I lead a training program called restorative wellness solutions. And we train health professionals. So you do already need to have a foundational training, lots of nutritionists, but we also have, you know, chiropractors, acupuncturists, nurses. Doctors, We have a bunch of dentists lately. I'm not sure. I think that's actually sort of goes back to almost Weston Price. They're recognizing, looking inside people's mouths, they're seeing some manifestations of health there or lack of health. Yeah. So we train clinicians in exactly these tools and how to systematically do that deeper digging to understand the root cause of what's going on with your clients so that you can really Support them to get their lives back, to turn even really complicated long-term chronic health issues, to turn them around. There's so much that we can do. And so, you know, I'd invite you to come check us out. Restorative wellness is the main website. We're on Instagram at restorative wellness solutions. And my personal Instagram is
0: Margaret Floyd Berry. I'm adding you right now. I have you, but I didn't have restorative wellness solutions. Okay. Yeah, that's for the practitioners. And then, you know, my private
1: practice, and there's tons of articles on this kind of stuff there. I've got over 450 different articles that I've written on all these different pieces. A great one on the thyroid. If you're new to thyroid, just unpacking what it does, what kind of symptoms you should be looking out for, what labs to ask your doctor for, because it's more than just the TSH and free T4 that a lot of medical practitioners do so full list of those labs and what they're telling you that's on there so eatnakedkitchen.com is my practice website and there's just loads of resources and I also I'll say I got lucky and married a chef oh, and um lucky he collaborates. yeah so there's lots of great recipes on there oh um, for him as well so yeah. So the, lots of great resources there to kind of come dig in and, and reach out, you know, DM me on Instagram or there's contacts on both of those websites. Happy to answer questions and support in any way I can. I am just so committed to giving people these tools, yes. whether it is individuals who are wanting to reclaim their health and are just feeling at the end of their rope, you know, or practitioners who are really wanting to be able to deliver this kind of transformation for their clients because it's, I don't think there's anything more rewarding. I mean, wouldn't you say like, this is why we do what this we do, This is right?
0: why we do. When we see that transition, that transformation, that empowerment. There's yes. a whole level of passion, energy, yes. magnetism. And in our Girlfriend Doctor community, we do hashtag more sexy. There's oh, I love it. So much of that that comes up. And I, I love it. I love it because I love to reverse this disease process and address it. At the time of my mom's death, she was on 11 medications, no two of which were ever studied in any human to Let alone in a menopausal female. So as I've worked in this, being able to reverse these changes, get people off medication, stop, stop band-aiding what's going on. And you guys, for my audience, I am grateful for this conversation with Margaret Floyd Berry today. She is really an inspiration. She is by far the most dignified person in this space that I rely on. I rely on her information. I know it's grounded, grounded in science and also so well communicated. So definitely, you know, the certification program is awesome. I've been thinking in the back of my mind, Margaret, about a menopause certification. I know, let's do it. Yeah, I I think that's gonna be so fun. I've been really watching how people respond to each of the plans and discover them as, as we go through them together. And it's been, it's been super fun for me because, you know, I've done the plans pseudo, like because creating a recipe for this, creating a recipe for that, putting the recipes in different plans and working through that. So to see it in other people and how they're responding to it, it's been, it's been super fun. So I love rolling this out. And everyone, please check out Margaret Floyd Berry, eatnakedkitchen.com and restorative wellness solutions for practitioners. Join us again in our next Couch Talk. Um, used to be called Couch Talk, Girlfriend Doctor Show, <laughs> Girlfriend Doctor Show, and comment below. I want to know guys what your food questions are. What are your food questions? What are your digestive questions? What are some things that you're dealing with? So please put in the comment, check out the show notes. There'll be links to Margaret's sites as well. And I look forward to seeing everyone next time. But before we go, Margaret, I have my rapid fire questions for you. The girlfriend doctor pillars. Yeah. We have four pillars and that is nourish, shine, embrace, and awaken. Nourish, shine, embrace, and awaken. So what is your favorite food? What is my favorite food? <sighs> good steak. Oh, I'm with you on that one. Love a good steak. Okay. What is your favorite skincare product? Oh. Besides gel bar. I know gel bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, recently, my favorite skincare, so
1: it's not a, uh, an actual cream, but it's a tool. It's the Wilding Gua Sha Facial facial gua sha tool. So it's this, it's fantastic where I, I've started doing it every morning where you, you use this tool on your neck and on your face, and it just helps to, you know, increase flow and reduce puffiness. What's it and called? Clarify, it's called the wild, wild ling or wilding, it's either wilding or wildling it's gua sha, this facial gua sha. So it's like this stone that you use and they have have all sorts of demos of how you can do it for different puffy eyes or, you know, erasing lines and things like that. So it's, and it just feels so good. It's this beautiful nourishing ritual every morning to start your day.
0: Awesome. I love that. Okay. That's a new one for me too. And what are you reading right now?
1: what am I reading right now? I actually just finished Cynthia Thurlow's
0: fasting book. Oh, so um, good. So good. So good. So good. That's Cynthia Thurlow. She's been on the Girlfriend Doctor show and her book on intermittent fasting. Yeah. She is, that is a great, great resource. And first lovely. resource for women. Yes. Right. Yes. Nobody talks about intermittent fasting for women. Right. So
1: that was like very specifically in that context. Yeah. She did a great job.
0: Love it. Love it. And okay. So do you want to go risque or conservative on this last question? Oh, geez. Well, risque. Of now course. I want. <laughs> all right. Well then, Margaret, what is your favorite sexual position? Ah. <laughs> uh good old-fashioned cowboy. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And for those not knowing what cowboy is, please describe that. I just let's say riding. Yep. There we go. Yeah, on top. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> then there's reverse cowgirl. That's one. There is. There is. Yeah. That's a fun there one. Is.
1: Her. Yeah. Or maybe it's cowgirl. Maybe I got the name wrong. Maybe it's cowgirl. Cowboy, Cowboy cowgirl, cowgirl.
0: I think, yeah, I think you're good. We got the image. We got the image. It's so fun. So it really is like those four pillars, nourish, shine, awaken, and embrace. Those four pillars are key. And I always Love think about it. that in a day, what have I done for myself in each of those pillars? And, and it's a good practice. It's really been a great practice to get into and nourishing Mm -hmm. the mind body spirit but making sure we're doing that oftentimes we're not doing it enough we're serving 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 but from an empty tank so getting Mm -hmm. into that filling and filling in all of these areas makes a difference thank you for being with us today on the girlfriend doctor show margaret thanks to all our listeners for being here you guys till next time and we will come back with a part two and with that promise, I just want to make sure you post your questions, and comments below. In part two, we'll come back and answer those. So post your question, post your comments, post what you're committing to. I look forward to reading them. And the way to do that is go to dranna.com forward slash show, and you can post them there. Also at my YouTube channel, at the Girlfriend Doctor on YouTube. The video of our conversation today is posted and an easy place to put your comments there and also very easy place for me to go reference them all in one spot so thank you for this and thank you for sharing and being a follower here at the girlfriend doctor show god bless you